I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90-min football family as ever. I'm your host, Harry Simiu, and on this edition, we're going to be discussing the latest Arsenal transfer-related rumours, reports, all the rest of it, uh, because the good news just keeps on coming at the moment. It's a really exciting time to be an Arsenal fan. Um, you do feel like things are going to slow down at some point this summer. And therefore, we're probably going to go through a bit of a period where there isn't as much excitement and there isn't as much buzz and there isn't as much eagerness to constantly refresh Twitter and all the rest of it uh, during this summer. I think we're going to get to that point pretty soon because I do feel like Arsenal are getting close to as much business as they're probably willing or going to do until we start selling people. So I do think think we've got to really enjoy this bit, make the most of it, all the rest of it, because it will slow down at some point. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news. But, I mean, how much money are Arsenal going to spend? On this edition, uh, as I say, we're going to talk about some of the latest reports, rumours, all the rest of it. We've got uh, Urian Timber to discuss. We're going to talk uh, Kai Havertz after his signing was announced yesterday. Some uh, stories have come out with regards to Arsenal's pursuit of him. We're going to do that. We're going to talk Saliba. We're going to talk Aurelian Chouameni, who's been linked with a move to Arsenal, we'll talk Ethan Waneri, Nuno Tavares, Arsenal's finances uh, and uh, whatever else comes up. We'll also bring you the latest, of course, on Declan Rice. What is going on with that? Uh, of course, uh, we will uh, keep you in the loop uh, to the best of our knowledge. If I could just ask you before we dive right into the show to leave a like on the video, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the channel if you are brand spanking new, it really, really does help. And we got to uh, the 28K mark uh, yesterday, which now means, hold on, where are we exactly? 21, uh, 21, 28.1K. Uh, so we are less than 2,000 subscribers away from hitting the 30,000 target that we've set out to achieve in the not too distant future. So if you are new, if you're freeloading and a freeloader is someone that watches without subscribing, then what are you doing? Subscribe, like all the rest of it. Uh, we'll get into it in just a minute. But first, I'll say a few hellos because there are plenty of you in the chat box. Lots of our American viewers are tuning in. I can see uh, as well. Good time for you guys, uh, of course, at the moment. Um, it is morning there, I understand. Um, so you guys will be just waking up and rather than scrolling through all the social media platforms under the sun to find out the latest news, why not just sit back, grab yourself a drink and listen in here. OK, uh, let's dive into our stories for the day. And actually, before I do that, have you noticed I'm in a different little booth this time? So whenever I pod from uh, the 90 Min Towers, um, I have to find somewhere quiet. And we've got these amazing little booths which are like fit for one person. You can sit in really comfortable seating. The lights are great. Everything is fantastic. And you get that little bit of privacy. The last few I've done from here, I've had to do them in this dingy little booth where I could barely open my arms this much. Now uh, we've got bigger ones and better ones. So um, here I am in my brand new flashy booth. Now I recognize and realize that the audio quality is not quite the same uh, as it is uh, when I'm at home with the microphone and all the rest of it. This headset is OK, but it's not great. Uh, so I apologize for that. But uh, we're doing our best to keep you updated and keep the content flowing uh, constantly throughout the duration of this summer transfer window. But anyway, as I say, let's get into 
uh, our headline story today, which is with regards to Urian Timber. Now, it's been thought for a little while now that Arsenal are close to doing a deal uh, with Ajax for the Dutch defender, the Gunners, uh, identifying him as a priority signing. He comes in and he brings us cover in the central defensive area. He could by all means compete for a place as well in the starting lineup and on top of that uh, he gives us cover in other positions as well because a lot has been made of his versatility ability to play at right back ability to step into midfield and play almost the Zinchenko inverted role but from the right hand side so I think he as I've said repeatedly would complete Arsenal's defensive unit if we could get him in the door I think this is a really uh, really positive move and I think this is one that looks like we're going to be able to do it at a really, really good price. Um, according to Ben Jacobs today, he said, uh, Arsenal feel a deal for Ajax's Urian Timber is getting, and I quote, really close. The fee is expected to be just over £40 million, and there is optimism that this can progress quickly. Uh, somebody else put out a similar report who said, oh, I think Arsenal are going to get this done uh, by early next month. And that sent a few people into sort of meltdown. Next month, I think it was taking so long. Well, it is the 29th of June, right? So early next month could literally be as soon as Saturday. <laughs> so um, yeah, don't panic on that front. But it looks like um, this is moving in the right direction. And again, Arsenal not messing around, Arsenal identifying who they want, Arsenal willing uh, to, of course, get close to the asking price or a lot closer than what they... Um, you know, initially suggested they would. And obviously there's been some serious progress made in those negotiations to the point where we're now confident that this goes through uh, in the not too distant future. Not going to sit here and talk all about Yuri and Timber again, because we've done that conversation on multiple occasions. And we've got, as you heard at the start, a jam-packed show. So I'm going to move on from the Yuri and Timber stuff. But the latest update is, and I'll repeat it just once more, uh, from Ben Jacobs, Arsenal feel a deal for Ajax's Yuri and Timber is getting really close. Fee expected to be just over £40 million. And there is optimism that this will be completed uh, very, very soon. OK, um, let's take this super chat from uh, the Fort Lauderdale Guna. Uh, Craig, how are you doing, mate? Good to see you uh, in the live chat. He says, Harry, you need to come to Florida and uh, barbecue for the Great Florida Guna Fest in December. Oh, man, I would love to. I really, really would. Um, I need to get out stateside. Uh, for one of these Arsenal events. I really, really do. It is on my to-do list, I promise you. Um, just work's been so crazy. I, I just don't feel like I get time to do anything. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll we'll be able to fit it in at some point, and I'd love to do it. I'd love to meet some of you guys um, and get something set up. That would be amazing. Um, there we go. Wondering Mitchell's going to come with me. Uh, so there we go. Um, I've got company for the drive, uh, for the journey as well. Nearly said drive, but that would be one hell of a drive, wouldn't it? Okay, um, let's move it on then. Let's talk uh, just briefly about the reports uh, linking Arsenal with Aurelien Chouameni, the Real Madrid midfielder. Now, there was a report that came out yesterday uh, claiming that uh, the Gunners had added him to their want list. Now, that was in the event or that they'd make a move in the event that they failed to land either Romeo Lavia or Moises Caicedo this summer. Uh, the club are said to be long-term admirers of the Real Madrid star. I think this is a bit far-fetched. I don't see Arsenal being able to get a player like Aurelien Chouameni this summer. I think the value of that deal would likely be something 
close to what we've ha- we're having to pay for Declan Rice. Have Arsenal got two of those in them this summer? As much as people talk about our financial situation being really positive and really strong, I just don't see it. I've got to be honest. He's 23 years old, uh, worth 85 million euros, according to Transfermarkt, was signed by Los Blancos for 80 million euros from Monaco in July 2022. 33 league appearances for him last season, and he started in 63% of their league games. Now, Florentino Perez, uh, when he went out and got Aurelien Chiumeni really saw him as somebody that would be the long-term replacement for Casemiro. He saw him as somebody that was ready and willing to take up that mantle and who had all the talent in the world to be able to live up uh, to what the great Brazilian achieved, of course, at the Bernabeu. So much so that he's advised or maybe warned Carlo Ancelotti that he needs to give him more minutes next season and he needs to make him a more central part of his plans, which suggests that the appetite to sell Aurelian Chiumeni, um just isn't there. Uh, just isn't there, you know? Um, so, yeah, I think this is really far-fetched. I- I'd be surprised if we managed to get either Caicedo or Lavia on top of the business that we're seemingly about to do, uh, and in the Kai Havertz case, have done. Uh, but if, uh, of course, those fail, this report suggests that Chiumeni would be next on the list. I think Chiumeni is one of those where if it doesn't work out for him again, and I'm not saying it didn't work out for him last season, but if there is a feeling at the end of next season once again that you know maybe Chiumeni isn't living up to what he was built up to be and and isn't going to be this long-term Casemiro replacement, then maybe you know you've got a chance of of sort of of tempting Real Madrid into a sale. And Arsenal seem to have pretty good relations with Real Madrid in the transfer market. We've seen a lot of dealing between the two clubs in recent years and uh, and that could help in a situation like this. But at this moment in time, Aurelien Chiumeni to Arsenal doesn't feel like a goer. Just quickly on Declan Rice, uh, there's been lots and lots of talk about him over the past few days. Um, I would say I'm sick of speaking about it, but I'm not because I'm so excited about this transfer. I'm chuffed with the way the club have really pushed the boat out to get this done. I think it's a real signal of intent, all of the rest of it. We've spoken about it a million and one times over the past week, but it feels like uh, we're nearly at the point where he's going to get the green light from West Ham to uh, go travel to wherever it is that Arsenal want to do it, the medical. Now, um, it's my understanding today that there are still a few more details that need to be ironed out with regards to the payment structure. But there is an agreement with regards to the price, as we've spoken about quite a bit recently. And there is a willingness and an understanding now among all parties that this is the deal that has to be done, the deal that Declan wants, the deal that Arsenal want. And in terms of the finances, it's the deal that West Ham want too. Just a few um, I's to dot, T's to cross, um, that kind of stuff. And then I'm sure uh, in the not too distant future, we're going to hear of that medical taking place, followed by an official unveiling of Declan Rice as an Arsenal player. Let's hope that there's no leak like there was with the Kai Havertz one. I touched on um, I touched on that on one of the episodes that we did yesterday. I said that for me, it wasn't right. I, I don't like it when things like that happen. I've got a lot of sympathy for those that are involved. You know, maybe somebody did it as a mistake um, and... You know, so maybe me suggesting that somebody was being out of order is a little bit strong and maybe not entirely accurate. But I just basically when we spoke, um, I didn't realize that um, 
I, I didn't realize that Kai Havertz had addressed that as well in an announcement that he put out sort of saying bye-bye to the Chelsea fans where he was kind of like, well, I wanted you to hear it from me first. Uh, I didn't want it to come out this way. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I felt a little bit sorry for him as well as whoever put that work in and had their work basically leaked um, and the sort of element of surprise of it just completely taken away, therefore impacting how it banged. Although if you look at the numbers, it's still banged. Uh, Goon Gang says, Harry, I've got an extra ticket to both the DC match versus the All-Stars and the New York match versus Man United. Free if it will get you stateside. So um, keep me posted on that. Basically, um, I wasn't going to say this yet, but it, it, it's, well, it's nothing to do with the Chronicles of Aguna, but I am going to be in Las Vegas. Um, but from the 27th of July uh, until, I think, the 1st of August. Now, obviously, as you guys know, I work for 90 Min. Um, although I have this podcast and I work on this po podcast, I work behind the scenes on some of 90 Min's other podcasts in terms of helping out with distribution, production, all the rest of it. Uh, that's a part of my role uh, here. And um, there is the United Con Festival going on in Las Vegas. Now, I'm not a part of the Man United podcast and I'm not uh, going to ever be seen dead on the Man United podcast. Let's be clear on that. But I do work on it behind the scenes. And so they, the, the team have been invited out to Las Vegas to do a live show. I'm going to be there supporting it um, sort of behind the scenes, not on it, just to be clear. Um, but I was thinking about maybe trying to hop to one of the Arsenal games while I'm in that part of the world. Now, I haven't got that plan set at this moment in time. Um, because I just, I don't know exactly uh, how the schedule looks, but the LA match that Arsenal are playing, I think the day before uh, could be something that I try and make, but it's not set in stone. It might not even be possible, just depending on the schedule. Um, but I just wanted to flag that, that if any of you are in Vegas, um, then uh, then let's meet up. Uh, it'll be great. It'll be great. Um, and as Goon Gang says, yeah, maybe I'll be able to do the LA match. Fingers crossed. We'll see. Um, okay, so we've done uh, the Declan Rice thing. We've done Chiumeni. We've done Yuri and Timber. Let's talk a little bit about the Kai Havertz deal. Now, obviously, this deal is done. Um, this deal is uh, completed. Uh, we know uh, that this is um, this is one that initially divided opinion, but I think as people have sort of researched into Kai Havertz that a little bit more, thought about you know how they were feeling about certain other transfers that Mikel Arteta and co gave the green light to, which turned out to be master strokes. I think people have come around to this idea to a point where I think the majority of us now feel like, yep, this was a really, really good bit of business. But what kind of adds to this? And I've been a big sort of advocate of this stuff. I've been um, talking a lot about Mikel Arteta's influence, about Edu's influence. I've been on the radio talking a lot about Arsenal's appeal as a football club and how I felt that that was disrespected by sort of the wider football in space. It was almost as if people thought, well, there's no way that anybody would ever consider a move to Arsenal if Man City were in the picture. And Declan Rice has proven that that isn't always the case and that isn't always the truth. And interestingly, with Kai Havertz, um, we understand, um, based on some reports that have come out today, that Kai Havertz uh, was a target for Real Madrid. Now, Real Madrid felt and thought and hoped, I guess, that they could get 
a deal done with Chelsea because it was obvious that Chelsea wanted to move him on. It was obvious that he needed to go, fresh challenge, all the rest of it. We've spoken before about how he wasn't really that loved at Chelsea and that although he scored one of the biggest goals in the club's history, he still never had that real connection with the supporters because I think a lot of them felt that he had underwhelmed. A lot of them felt that he never repaid the price tag um, you know, or, or the amount of money that Chelsea laid down to bring him into the club. But we hear that Real Madrid were really, really keen on bringing Kai Havertz uh, to the Bernabeu, that Kai Havertz himself initially was really, really open to this move too. Why wouldn't you be? Los Blancos, Real Madrid, the glitz and glamour of the world's probably most famous football club. Why wouldn't you be interested in that? But this report goes on to say that once he'd had a conversation with Mikel Arteta, he only wanted to go to Arsenal. And so where Real Madrid had planned to kind of just hold tight for a little bit longer, hoping that as the window went on, they'd be able to cut a much cheaper deal with Chelsea. Arsenal came in, Arsenal turned his head, Arsenal convinced him this is the place to be and uh, and off he came to the Gunners. Now, Arsenal paid a little bit more, obviously, than Real Madrid were willing to pay. But there was a feeling in Spain that if they just sat tight for a little bit longer and Chelsea's need to sort of sell him increased and the player was agitating for the move behind the scenes, they'd have been able to do a, a much better value deal. Um, but it's the Arteta factor. Again, this guy is a salesman. An excellent one at that. Now, obviously, you've got to have the product to sell. And I think based on the progress that Arsenal have made of late, lots of people feel that it's a great place to go. And lots of people feel, um, you know, that, you know, Arsenal are moving in the right direction. Hence, I, I'd quite like a piece of that. But you've got to commend this guy's ability to pick up the phone, whether it be on the phone or, or via Zoom or, or personal meetings and and get people to believe him and get people to follow him. That is what the best leaders are able to do. And um, Mikel Arteta, once again, in this case, has proven that. Now, whatever you think about Kai Havertz, whether you're sort of certain it's going to work or if you're a little bit on the fence, like I think a lot of people are well within their rights to feel like, then fine. But Mikel Arteta's done an, a, another cracking job here. Um, right, so that's the Havertz bit. Uh, so we've done Timber, we've done Rice, we've done Chumani, we've done Kai Havertz. We've got a couple more uh, stories to share with you guys. Then we'll take a few of your questions towards the back end of the show. But I'm going to take a very, very short pause. Don't go anywhere. We're back in just a second. See you in a sec. Welcome back along to the show. Uh, make sure if you haven't done so already, you've left a like on the video, you've subscribed to the channel if your brand spanking you uh, just 115 likes on the board uh, there's no no reason why we shouldn't have what at least 250 on there come on guys it doesn't cost a thing like subscribe you know the drill uh, by now get involved in the live comments as well and help us uh, on the road to 30,000 youtube subscribers hopefully we get there soon okay let's continue uh, working our way through the stories of the day um before i continue just want to say a big hello by the way uh, to Finn Muller, who says, hey, Harry, usually I only listen to the podcast on Spotify. This is my first time uh, tuning into the live broadcast. I appreciate your professional, yet entertaining way of reporting. Thank you so, so much, Finn. Uh, really, really do appreciate it. Great to um, have you here. Hope you're enjoying the live show for the first time. Right. Where were we? Let's do 
William Saliba. Now, lots of uh, talk about William Saliba extending his contract at Arsenal Football Club. Lots of reports of that deal having been reached a little while ago. But since then, radio silence. Nothing official has been confirmed just yet, according to Fabrizio Romano today. Uh, this deal has been agreed fully. There are no concerns around whether or not it's going to go through. And there is going to be uh, a signing taking place once William Saliba returns from his holiday. I saw a picture on social of him training out in Spain, I think, with, I think, Trossard was there, Tomiyasu was there, Martinelli was there. I'm trying to think if there was one more. Anyway, there's a few Arsenal players away uh, in the same uh, spot, um, getting their fitness up to speed, getting ready, of course, for the brand spanking new season. Good to see William Saliba training, by the way. Now, we don't know where he's at exactly with regards to his back injury. We hope that by the time the new season comes along, he'll be fully recovered and ready to go. Um, but it was good to see him in training because it gives you confidence that whatever that issue was, um, hopefully it's it's passed anyway uh, by now or will have passed fully by the time the season uh, resumes. So Saliba's going to sign that new four-year deal at Arsenal uh, once he returns from holiday. So no need to panic on that one. West Ham are apparently interested in signing Nuno Tavares. The Arsenal man, of course, spent last season out on loan with Marseille. His performances were mixed when he first went there. I think a lot of people were questioning why we allowed him to go. But that was basically what happened when he came to Arsenal in the first place. He looked great at the beginning and then it just went off a little bit and he started to make silly mistakes and, you know, I, I can't put my finger on what happens to Nuno Tavares, but he is someone who can be brilliant because physically he is immense or he can be a complete and utter liability. And I think we saw glimpses of that at Arsenal. And I think the Marseille fans would tell you um, that, uh, you know, that is uh, that is the case as well. Uh, Joey Leo says, are they playing darts behind you? Looks like an awesome place to work. Can you see that? Yeah, there is a darts board. Um, there is a little... Um, yep, they're playing darts right now. There you go. You can see them in the background just here. There we go. Yep, there's darts. We've got a little putting green as well. Um, yeah, this, it, this is honestly... This is an amazing, amazing place to work. Amazing office. Amazing people. Um, the exact type of culture that you want um, when you are... Um, working in in this kind of space. Uh, someone said, is that Scott Saunders? It's not. Um, I don't think it is. No, that's not Scott. Scott is here, but that's not Scott um, throwing darts at the moment. Uh, but anyway, uh, back to what I was saying. Nuno Tavares, West Ham are interested in taking him on. Oh, it's our turn now to play, uh, uh, to play a hardball with the price and with the installments and all the rest of it. Um, yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Uh, but no, look, seriously, jokes aside, we paid seven, eight million pounds for Nuno Tavares. I don't think we can expect to get much more. We tried it. We gambled. It didn't work. I think we can, given his age, though, um, and the experience he has at least get our money back at the very least. I'd be aiming to get, you know, I'd set my stall at 15 million, but I'd probably deal at nine, ten. Uh, in the end. But um, yeah, remains to be seen how concrete that interest is from West Ham. Uh, but I'm keen to see if that progresses because he certainly goes on my list of players that we need to um, that we need to move on. Uh, football finance expert Kieran Maguire uh, has been talking about Arsenal's financial position. I think a lot of clubs and a lot of people in the sort of wider footballing world have been taken aback 
by how much money Arsenal appear to be spending. Lots of talk about what he spent over the last two, three years and how that really does add pressure to us now going into the new season. We're no longer the plucky underdogs. We are a side that should be and need to be competing now at the top, top table. Um, I've said to you guys for a little while that although I've been really pleased with the spend of late, that I do feel at some point it's going to have to be scaled back, um, that there is going to come that point where, you know, the, the, the ownership will look and go, well, look, we invested X amount of money over the last three, four years. We invested it smartly, we believe, and in a way which allowed us to build for the future. But we took on these costs and we took on these expenses on the basis that you were going to be set for a period of time. Now, football changes, football evolves. Some signings will work, some won't. Um, So there'll always be the possibility that you'll have to dip back into the market and make significant signings. Hell, you need to do that if you want to stay at the top. You don't want to become irrelevant. You don't want to fall off. You don't want to fall behind. But I think KSE have gone as far as investing as much as they have in the last um, few seasons because they felt that that would be the heavy lifting done for a little while and that the club hopefully being back in the Champions League consistently and all the rest of it would in the end see them uh, sort of reap the rewards financially and get back to something like a level footing. Now, Kieran Maguire, who is very, very well respected um, in uh, in this business, um, has spoken about Arsenal's what he called very strong position at the moment and what he puts Arsenal's financial ability to go that little bit further down to now is the wage bill. The fact that Arsenal have managed to get that under control after it was out of control for a really, really long period of time. He talked about how um, Arsenal's wage bill now is much lower than it was in 2018. He talked about how at times uh, of late, it's been 150 to 170 million pounds less than the likes of Liverpool, Manchester City, and Man United. And then he talked about adding in uh, the um, the factor of Champions League qualification, uh, premium ticket prices, all the rest of it, plus the 50 million odd pounds that Arsenal stand to gain for being in the Champions League group stage alone. And he says that that is what's really made the difference and allowed Arsenal to get to a point where they can stretch beyond uh, what many people thought. Um, we still have to do deals over a period of time. We still have to stagger payments. We're not massively cash rich. And when I say that, we might be in terms of actually physically having cash in comparison to other clubs. But what I'm talking about is when it comes to transfers, Arsenal are not going out there and going, you know, we're going to do a hundred million deal. Here's 80 million up front. It's not like that. Things are being staggered. Things are being worked out over a period of time. Um, and that is keeping Arsenal uh, from going into the red um, and basically allowing them to kind of stay on top of their finances as they go and cross any difficult bridges as they come to them, etc., uh, etc. Et but yeah, um, that's uh, that's where Arsenal are. He went on to talk about how Arsenal have always been a really well-run club financially. Um, and he says that the spend that KSE have sanctioned is a reward to Mikel Arteta for the brilliant work he's done and for the fact that he's got the club back into the Champions League. And finally, uh, the last story that I want to talk about, uh, last but not least, of course, is that with regards to Ethan Waneri. Uh, We talked recently about Ethan Waneri. We talked about the fact that he um, was contemplating moving away 
that he was contemplating joining another club. Chelsea and Manchester City were both said to have made approaches for him. Really talented player. Became our youngest and the Premier League's youngest ever player um, back in September of last year when we played against uh, Brentford at the... Uh, I forget what their stadium's called, the GTEC Community Stadium, that's the one. Uh, I've been there enough times this season, I should have known. But anyway, um, he signed at Arsenal. Um, he's signing on a scholarship, which will convert into a pro deal at the age of 17. And um, this is massive, massive news for Arsenal, because not only is he a real big talent, and you never want to lose that level of talent, this is yet again another player looking at what Mikel Arteta, Edu and the rest of them have built and, and truly believing that there is a path from the academy up into the first team. And having that belief as a young player, I think, is everything. Seeing that that pathway is clear for you to progress along and that only you can, uh, can let yourself down, only you can, you know, not make it, essentially. Like, the, the pathway is there. It's up to you now to go up it. It's up to you to, to follow through. It's up to you to progress. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just amazing. And I'm really, really chuffed that we've managed to get that deal done because I did fear and did worry uh, that he was uh, going to move on this summer, which would have been a real, real shame. Uh, maybe he's looked at the Amari Hutchinson uh, case and thought, nah, I don't really want that. Um, right, let's take some of your questions, some of your thoughts from the live chat. Going to take a very short pause once again. Don't forget to like, subscribe, all the rest of it. I'll be back with you in just a sec to take your questions. So fill up the chat box. Okay, what do we have here? What do we have here? Uh, Mohammed says, uh, hi, Harry. We must learn how to sell well this market to race and funds like Chelsea. Um, they're excellent in selling many unwanted players' thoughts. Yeah, um, we're going to have to move players on this summer. I think that is, uh, that is clear. And I think we're going to learn a lot about how good Arsenal are at selling now that we have players to sell who actually have some value and some appeal. You know, a prime example is somebody like following Balogun now. He's got appeal. He's got value because of what he's just done over in French football. Um, you look at somebody like Nuno Tavares, not as much appeal, obviously, but, you know, he's at a good age, of a good profile, et cetera, et cetera. The Chelsea thing, I think, is a massive anomaly. Like, I, when it comes to Chelsea, I almost don't want to give them credit for what they're doing right now because I feel they're playing a bit of a game. Um, I don't know that there's anything untoward going on, and so I'd never sit here and say that there is. But if there isn't, then the only other explanation is is a real bit of luck. Um, luck in that the Saudis have decided... Beg your pardon, I keep sneezing. Um, luck in the sense that the Saudis have decided that they want to embark on this big footballing project. They want players with names. They want players with clout. They want players with reputation. And, uh, and they've looked at Chelsea as a club that clearly want to move a lot of players on. And they feel like because of Chelsea's situation, they can take advantage. Chelsea obviously needed to meet FFP regulations and all the rest of it. It's an opportunity uh, for them to go and raid them. And that's what's happened. So I don't think we should give Chelsea loads of credit and say they're great sellers. I think they've just lucked out here. I really, really do. 
Uh, what else have we got in the comments section? Uh, do, 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 do. Uh, Finn Muller says, what does the timber deal? Um, one second. What's that? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, sorry, I got distracted. Uh, what does the timber deal uh, mean for Ben White? Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think it makes a lot of difference at this stage. I think that Ben White will still be seen as the go-to at right back. And I want, well, I do wonder actually if Mikel will think that now is an opportunity to move Ben White back inside at centre back. I don't really know what Mikel thinks Ben White's best position is. But looking at what we saw last season, where he played predominantly at right back, pretty much every game at right back, and looking at the fact that, you know, we seem to be quite comfortable with playing central players in the fullback positions, or we certainly looked like we were comfortable doing that at the back end of the season. I wouldn't be surprised if he stays there. Listen, Urien Timber's a good signing, but such was the level of our back four when everybody was fit and available last season. Urien Timber doesn't walk straight in for me. He's going to have to earn his place. Does it make a big difference to Ben White at this stage? No, but I think it means that Ben White can get a rest. It means that Saliba can get a rest. You know, it means that we have options. And with the games that we're going to have next season, Premier League, Champions League, FA Cup, Carabao Cup, Community Shields, all the rest of it, we're going to need as big a squad as we can get. Timber will get plenty of minutes. Will he displace Ben White, though? Not for me. Not for me. Not at this stage, anyway. Now, if his performances are great and Ben White's form drops off a little bit, then you could see that potentially happening. But not at this stage. Um, I don't think that's even a possibility at this stage. I don't think that's even a consideration. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, okay, uh, let's move on from that one. Uh, let's take this one from William Salibak. Salibak is injured. One second, guys. Uh, apologies. Hay fever. Bloody shit thing. Um, you're a wizard, Harry. Do you think we can sell Balogun for £40 million? Pepe for 20 Partey for 40 and Tierney for 30 Lokonga for 15 Nuno for 15 That's a lot. Um, I don't think you'll get 15 for Nuno. I don't think you'll get 15 for Lokonga, which is a shame because we paid about 20 to get him in. Tierney for 30 Where's Tierney going to go? Because if he's going to go to Newcastle, as was suggested by some earlier on in the window, then I ain't giving him to them for thirty million pounds. Their arrival, they need to pay up, and they need to pay up serious money. I would really dig my heels in on that because I think that we don't do that well enough as a football club. You know, um, I think that we want to be stubborn the way that West Ham was stubborn with us over Rice, all the rest of it. Yeah, no, I, I think that we need to be looking for more for Kieran particularly if it's to an English club. Look, if Kieran says, guys, I want to leave, I want to go back to Celtic, you know, I'm not happy here anymore, I'm not playing, all the rest of it, I'm homesick, blah, 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 then fine. 30 million, I'd accept, but not from Newcastle. Uh, Partey for 40 million, I think that is massively wishful thinking. I know there are suggestions and reports of that um, from uh, sort of the Saudi clubs, um, or, or from sources close to the Saudi clubs. Until that money's on the table, I'm not going to believe it. Pepe, I don't think you get 20 million for. Uh, Balogun, I think you can get 40 million for, though. Um, just, but these are just my opinions, right? I don't, I don't know. Uh, Stephen Allen says, "Do you reckon if we hadn't been at the top of the league for as long as we did, that we'd be able to get these deals for Rice, Havertz, and Timber?" 
because so a lot of people look at the fact that we were top of the league and go, well, that makes it even worse that we didn't win it. And, you know, it's it's a massive tragedy and a shame. Yeah, of course, it's disappointing. But the fact that we were where we were for so long and just kind of fell short towards the end of the race is massive. It really, really is because it showed everybody that our progress was sustainable progress, at least for three quarters of a season showing that the gap between where we ended up and where we want to be isn't as big as it was a couple of years ago. And each of those players that Mikel Arteta's convinced to come to Arsenal Football Club will feel like they can be the difference maker. And that is huge. That is a big appeal. That's why I kept saying throughout the Rice saga that he is someone that will want to go somewhere where he feels a big part and, and that he can have an impact. And it wouldn't just be about finance and it wouldn't just be about trophies because he could easily have gone to Man City and disappeared into the shadows. Uh, what else have we got? Um, Sam Rivera says, finally able to catch a live stream. I'm big. Uh, I'm a big listener uh, on Spotify and I've only been able to watch one other live stream uh, from the Chronicles of Aguna back in 2021. Wow. Uh, love from the US. Uh, love to you too, mate, and to everybody else uh, joining us from the US. Great to see uh, so, so many uh, of you in the live chat. Let's take this one from Marco, who says, Harry, I know you're reluctant about Havertz in midfield, but I don't understand why he can't function there. His presence, that's a pretty solid, and I feel like his strength is covering rebounds. Interesting. So I wasn't convinced. Um, I'm still not 100% convinced about Kai Havertz playing in midfield, but I've come to accept that that is what Arsenal's plan is for him. There was a picture going around earlier, I don't know if it was genuine or not, of someone sort of showing Kai Havertz on the squad page uh, on the club's website where he's listed as a midfielder. Mikel Arteta referenced him as a midfielder in the, in the announcement stuff. So, um, yeah, I think that is where he's going to play. I hope I'm proved wrong. Um, let's see. Let's see. Uh, big thank you to Cyrus, who signed up on the channel. Thank you so much, mate. Welcome uh, to the Chronicles of Aguna family. Uh, Mohammed says, I just want to say Eid Mubarak to all my Muslim brothers all over the world. We're celebrating Eid and it started yesterday. So Eid Mubarak to all Muslims in Palestine and all of the world. Big up. Yep. Um, massive um, shout out to all of you guys that are celebrating um, Eid Mubarak to every single one of you. Hope you guys have uh, a great time. I know it's a time about sort of family um, and all the rest of it. So please do um, have a great time with your loved ones. Enjoy, celebrate and um, and yeah, special time of year for you. So uh, make the most of it. Special t time of year for us to transfer window, all the rest of it. Um, let me um, let me take one or two more. Uh, before I get chucked out of my little hiding booth. Martin says, Charles Watts suggested earlier today he thought we won't get anybody else after these three. We needed five minimum before anyone goes. These three don't address the depth issue if Xhaka and Partey go. So my opinion on it is, and it is just my opinion, is that Arsenal's transfer window has been going to be split into two phases. So phase one, Havertz, Rice, Timber. Get those deals done. Then... Phase two will be selling. I think we'll try to line up deals uh, to move on a number of players. And depending on how phase two goes with regards to what we bring in financially, I think you could see a phase three in which Arsenal go and dip back into the market. Arsenal will be monitoring the market. Arsenal in recent years have, um, have looked and, and kept their ears to the ground and 
pounced on opportunities that a prime example of that for me or two examples were Jorginho and Leandro Trossard. So I wouldn't rule out Arsenal signing more than the three players. Um, I agree that if you lose Partey and Xhaka, then you've got a problem uh, because actually you're not adding depth, you're just replacing, but we need depth. So you need to, in theory, uh, add more um, to sort of um, to sort of make the difference. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you could see Arsenal do more business. I do think they will enter into another phase uh, in which we're trying to move players on, see how the land lays, work out where we're at financially, and that will then dictate how we approach the remainder of the transfer window. Um, guys, I am going to leave it there. Uh, thank you all so, so much for tuning in. As always, over a couple of thousand of you uh, joined us on the live stream. Big thank you for your super chat donations. Uh, I wanted to get to 250 likes. We're about 40 odd away. Like, 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 subscribe, all the rest of it really, really does help. Um, and I will catch you all very, very soon. Uh, definitely tomorrow, maybe sooner if something um, big breaks. Um, you know, I've said this a couple of times and a couple of times uh, this week in particular, I've had to follow it up with a uh, with a live stream. So, um, yeah. Uh, there's a good chance that I will see you again later. If not, I'll see you tomorrow. Have a great Thursday. All the best. Goodbye. And uh, up the gunners. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.